We have a very limited agenda at this evening's school board meeting. We're going to hear the superintendent's presentation of the budget. Just to be clear with everyone here, there are no public speakers this evening. It is simply listening to the superintendent's presentation. We will adjourn our, this part of our public meeting. We'll go in the next room and have a work session, which is also on video. And at that point, if school board members have questions and comments, we'll be doing them as part of the work session. So this is simply the superintendent's presentation. Because that's all it is, I'd like to invite my board colleagues to sit out there so that we can look directly at the PowerPoint presentation instead of um, turning in our chairs. Thank you. Good evening. Uh, it is a pleasure to be here and to be presenting uh, this evening's uh, proposed budget. I uh, made uh, several presentations already to different groups throughout the day with uh, the proposed budget and one of the comments that I've started out with each presentation is to say thank you to all of the individuals that have been involved. Um, I think we've worked very closely with uh, a large number of groups and folks to develop this proposed budget. I think there was a lot of energy and good decision making and well thought out decision making to bring forward the budget that we have here this evening. I especially want to thank uh, Leslie Peterson and her team here with uh, the Budget and Finance Office. I see a number of them here with us this evening, so uh, appreciate all their work in getting this budget together. Uh, we were slightly delayed um, with schedule this year, uh, but I think that gave us some extra time to really uh, concentrate and uh, have some well thought out conversations. I too want to thank the executive leadership team, uh, our principals and school leaders, as well as many of the folks in the central office, as well as the community at large. I think we really benefited from the extended period of time with the conversation. Uh, and I think there was an awareness of some of the tough decisions we've had to make. Uh, coupled with that, many of these decisions are not ones that I particularly like or are my preference. They are, they are difficult. Uh, they, you know, uh, perhaps run in the opposite direction of many of the things that we see <clears throat> as a priority for us. And those key points include keeping students uh, at the priority of what we do our core instruction as far as what happens in the classroom. Coupled with that, we recognize for all those things that happen that are positive and good for students and families, our staff plays a critical role with that. Whether in the classroom or outside the classroom in whatever supporting role they have, they make the difference about what our priority is and that's kids. And then finally, you'll see as kind of a consistent theme here, uh, we have a number of things that are happening most significantly, a growing school division, and how do we look forward and how do we uh, enable ourselves and the thinking that we have as we move forward in the out years to have a sustainable budget that really provides those essential core services 
that we see that are key to our, the success of our students. I'm just going to encapsulate some of the, uh, the highlights of uh, information that you'll hear from me as I work through the presentation. The first is um, my revenue neutral proposed budget this evening is a total of $636.7 million. I made mention of the value uh, of our employees and how they play a critical role uh, in the daily activities of our school division. So again this year, and this is actually the fourth year in a row, I'm going to be including a step increase or a compensation package in the budget. Coupled with that, we are continuing to move forward with the uh, uh, under market salaries with our uh, bus drivers, bus attendants, and our instructional assistants. Um, so we see that as another priority in us being able to move forward. You know, one of the uh, things that we look at too is our cost per pupil. Uh, and I do want to make mention this year that there has been a $105 uh, reduction in our cost per pupil. And I also want to uh, make mention that the cost per pupil has maintained relatively flat, as you will see with an enrollment uh, increase of, in the last 10 years of over 8,500 students. So let me uh, quickly just outline for you uh, with an overview of uh, how we um, really constructed our budget, what the base around that was, uh, then the summary of uh, revenues and expenditures, what I see as our um, 2019 expenditures, and then how we were able to reach through a pretty extensive uh, involved and collaborative process with a number of different school leaders, uh, revenue neutral budget, which is uh, my proposed uh, budget at this point in time. I will also share that I've uh, you know, communicated today is really the spark that lights the flame. Uh, the budget season begins now and runs through May the 3rd, so there will be a variety of ebbs and flows, uh, changes that will occur, uh, and also an opportunity for dialogue with our community and our staff to continue. And I'll provide a calendar at the end of the uh, presentation that, that outlines that. You can see the basis is uh, built around our strategic plan. It's also then coupled with the annual school board priorities, which I often call are the school board's uh, work plan for the year, and then the budget direction that the board provides me on an annual basis. Uh, this outlines here the budget direction uh, that we received from the board. I think one of the highlights that I just want to make our community and our staff aware of is that we traditionally use a three-pronged approach, and I think that's been very helpful in maintaining uh, levels of consistency. The first is that we use uh, the available and new revenues to address uh, many of those issues concerning growth. We also look at how there can be possible savings, efficiencies, or reductions as a second prong. And then the third prong is we use one-time funds or reserves as we see appropriate. And once again, uh, we've been very successful, I think, here in utilizing those in this budget, and I'll, I'll point that out. I think the recognition also is how do we continue to look in providing opportunities and choices for students uh, during the time that they are here. And I think there's evidence again uh, in the budget here today and our proposals that we are continuing to look at how we can individualize opportunities for students. We can personalize those experiences. But at the end of the way, end of the day, how do kids thrive? 
And I think that is really at the core of how we've been able to be successful, is that so many students are able to thrive here in Arlington, and there are a variety of reasons across a broad landscape for that. But as we look at some of the priorities, we see reaching 30,000 students, that enrollment growth is significant. Our continued commitment to um, uh, excellence, also the fact that we are on a very aggressive capital program and continuing to provide seats for students. And then realizing as we grow, we're going to look to, uh, have to look at how we provide our services. Do we need to change the way services are uh, delivered and make adjustments with the various instructional models that we have out there? We use many of the same communication uh, approaches and opportunities for feedback. I'll just make note uh, again, um, Ms. Peterson and her team putting together the Citizen's Guide to the Budget as well as the Budget at a Glance and we'll be having those materials uh, and many of the other strategies used in the past but I do want to uh, note that um, middle particular one with the collaboration with our central office and principals and just say thank you to all of those, especially uh, many of our principal leaders who we work very closely uh, in developing uh, the budget that you're seeing this evening. The total here is 636 uh, as part of the revenue neutral budget. Uh, to give you some idea of the increase from last year, uh, it's 3.8%. Uh, over the past five years, uh, the increases have ranged anywhere from 3.1% to 5.4%. So this budget's just about in the middle of the road uh, as far as the percentage increase. You also see uh, many neighboring school divisions have similar increases, somewhere running around 4 to 5%. Looking real quickly at a summary of revenues, um, I want to thank uh, not only the county government, but the citizens of Arlington here we realize a large transfer that makes up uh, the funding here for our school division. And I think without the strong belief we have in public education and the support of public education, uh, we would not be able to realize the, the system and the school education that we provide our kids. So thank you to all of our Arlington citizens and also thank you to um, uh, the folks uh, who work in the county that are partners with us. You can see that the transfer uh, is 72%. Um, that is just slightly down from uh, the previous years. Uh, you can also see that the next largest uh, amount of revenue is from the state. Uh, in the last couple of years, that's ticked up very slightly because of enrollment increases, but this year it's uh, relatively remained flat because of some other issues that are happening throughout the state with population shift. As we look at expenditure summaries, you see salaries and benefits um, make up the largest portion, um, over 77.7%, and that's because we are in a people business. We invest in people. We want to make sure we retain the best and the brightest, uh, and I think that's very evident here in how uh, our budget is structured. You will also see a debt service is uh, the next second largest expenditure. Uh, this is up 1.1% from last year uh, at 9.1%. Uh, last year it was 8%. When we then look at a distribution of funds, we have seven funds uh, in the, uh, the school's budget. Uh, school operating obviously being the largest and 
0.3% of that school operating fund is made up of salaries and benefits. And again, I think that just continues the echo uh, that we are a people business. We invest in people and uh, people make the difference ultimately in the classrooms and as kids come and go to school uh, and how they ensure that our students thrive. Again, parallel to the previous slide, uh, debt service is the second largest fund here in the distribution of funds. All of you have seen this before and it's going to slowly reveal, uh, but this looks back to fiscal year 2009. It just so happens the top numbers are going to be in the reveal, the student population. The bottom number is going to be the cost per pupil. I've forecasted a little bit that these, uh, the cost per pupil uh, remains uh, relatively flat. Actually, in the first several years, it does uh, a tick down. But you can see also what happens with enrollment in the fact that we increase based on the projection uh, of um, next year, it's 28,027 students. So, here we go, slowly kind of with the reveal, gives you uh, a picture of what's happening with enrollment as it uh, gradually increases anywhere from three and a half to over four percent annually. Uh, and then with enrollment, an en enrollment increase during the same period of 43.5% uh, uh, in that 10 year period, we see our cost per pupil actually decreasing 1.6% uh, and this per pupil uh, enrollment is down $105 from last year. So when I move now to uh, the expenditures that I'm recommending, um, I started with a team and that team in working together really believes uh, that this is what we uh, had planned for our fiscal year 2019 uh, budget. Uh, and so there are a lot of initiatives in here that you may see that are familiar, uh, also things that represent the board's direction uh, that I wanted to make sure that I incorporated in the proposal. Uh, the first being the investment in our staff. Uh, so for the fourth year in a row again, we have a step increase as part of this year's compensation. Uh, it's a very competitive market out there in our region for classroom teachers, for bus drivers, for attendants, for whatever roles that we have that makes our operation go. And so I think declaring that and maintaining that competitive salary edge is, is a priority, I believe, for all of us. Along with that, we continue with the adjustment of under market positions for our bus drivers, bus attendants, uh, and um, also our instructional assistants. This is the second of the three-year rollout, and at the end of uh, next year's budget, this will bring those, all those folks um, onto uh, the market position. When we also then look at um, providing program options and growth, uh, I want to congratulate our principal at Arlington Tech as well as our principals at our middle schools and our counselors for facilitating uh, the new growth of this program. We had over 200 students apply this year to Arlington Tech and all of those individuals have been accepted uh, and I hope they all elect to attend. But to continue to have that program grow, we have close to $2 million in staffing materials and supplies and that's just slightly over uh, 20 positions. And again, I think this points to the fact of 
How do we provide these type of opportunities for kids really to thrive and grow? And I think we've seen with Arlington Tech and the type of instructional model that they offer and how our kids are being successful there, this is just a perfect example of seeing those kids be successful and thrive in another type of learning environment supported by some great individuals who are making this happen. So thank you to, to all of them. We've also talked about enrollment growth, and we've, uh, many of you have seen this before. Uh, we'll break it down as far as the gray bars, talk about um, those cohorts of graduating classes that have left us, and those range anywhere from 1,300 plus to 1,500 plus uh, student cohorts. We then have the blue uh, bars representing cohorts of our current enrollment, and you can see grades 12 through about grade six those cohort sizes range anywhere from about 16 to 1,900 students. What begins to dramatically change, though, is in fifth grade, and pretty consistently then through um, K, is those cohorts are representing 21, 2,200 students pretty consistently. And then as you look to the projected enrollments in the out years, we also see cohorts coming forward. So as we drop off some of these smaller cohorts, We'll be adding larger cohorts in the out years if the projection numbers continue to trend in the way they are. And that is why you're seeing uh, increases here kind of across the entire school division, the need for more teachers, the need for more seats for students, a very aggressive capital um, program that continues to roll forward. So then when we look at enrollment growth, the en enrollment growth this year is um, at 58 million dollars. Um, a majority of that is for additional staff and materials. I do want to make note we have highlighted that um, the need of relocatables and that's the need for relocatables because currently we have a surplus to move those relocatables or cite them in the uh, uh, places where we have a particular need. This is much different uh, than what we may have seen in the past years where we spent uh, you know, several million dollars uh, for acquiring relocatables. Now we have a good inventory and I think we're going to be able to strategically move them and place them uh, where they're going to be needed in the future. Uh, the enrollment growth here, by the way, is slightly over a thousand students, which is projected at uh, approximately four percent. We are also looking in the fall of 2019 uh, to be opening five new schools. We're going to be bringing two new schools online specifically. That's going to be uh, the new element or the Drew Model uh, Elementary School uh, that is going to become a neighborhood school. And we're right now in the process of hiring the new principal for that school, as well as a new middle school principal at the Stratford um, site, middle school site. So what we've traditionally done here in Arlington is prior to the year of the school opening, we hire the principals, we also hire support staff that are coupled with that. We also have additional startup costs that we need to begin to prepare uh, for those schools opening, and then we also have uh, a debt service associated with many of our capital programs. I did make, I, you may be doing the math at home and say, well, Pat, you mentioned that you were going to have five new schools opening, but you're only hiring two new principals. We have existing principals in three of those other schools that'll be making that transfer. So um, many of the three of those principals are already in place. Several years ago, we established uh, a progressive plan or a way for us to 
uh, implement some of the things that we saw that were priorities uh, around student supports and instructional needs, additional needs for support staff, and so we rolled out what we looked at um, growth initiatives, and that was over a three-year period. So it, during that time to date, we have hired um, 24 um, combination psychs and social workers and folks who play critical roles with academic supports. This is the last year of that three-year growth initiative rollout specifically for these initiatives. We've also continued to hire additional bus drivers and attendants as our bus fleet has continued to grow. Uh, we've brought on additional technicians and information services and also uh, identified additional safety and security needs. I see our psychs and social workers uh, very important to our academic program, especially today in light of many of the things that are happening across our nation. They play a role just like uh, our teachers in our classroom in supporting students and supporting families and making sure students' well-being um, is such that they are able and ready to learn. Uh, and I think this has been a very smart move on the part of the school division to make sure that those support systems are in place. And so having that again as something uh, to continue as we move forward, I see very much uh, as a priority for us uh, to maintain that focus. As we see more opportunities for students, we also recognize that we're continuing to grow. We need to make sure that we have the resources and the support systems in place. So when you say we need um, you know, uh, additional classrooms and additional teachers or uh, additional staff in whatever role they play, we need to make sure that the business operations side of the house is also aligned so that when contracts or procurement procedures need to move forward and not cause delays with maybe construction projects or operation, that those delays in the long run don't wind up costing us um, resources. The same is true in our um, human resource area, making sure that when we are in the process of hiring new staff and being able to bring them on board, that we do that um, in an expeditious way so that we can get those folks in place either in the classroom or in some type of supporting role in our school division. And so our business operations need to mirror the fact that we are going to be growing to a 30,000 school division. So these additional growth initiatives really support that and prepare us for 2021. So when we look at all these expenditures across enrollment growth, compensation, growth initiatives, uh, business and operational supports, uh, those expenditures are exceeding um, the revenue that we have available by $16.5 million. So this brought us then really to the discussion, all right, how do we move forward here, realizing uh, that there are a variety of budget pressures uh, that we've got to make. Also realizing we need to do this in a collaborative uh, decision-making process so that all voices are heard that are going to be touched or affected by this. Uh, and I, I have to say that we were very fortunate this year to bring a, a good core of folks together. Um, these were not easy decisions. Um, they were difficult decisions to make. They are preferences that I must say that I wish we did not have to make. But I think to really achieve uh, that revenue neutral budget, uh, these are, this is how this then transpired uh, to move forward in that direction. Um, 
One is, uh, you know, look at some of the delivery models for our instructional programs, also talk about a sustainable future, but also making sure that we maintain competitiveness uh, with our workforce. So the first, uh, I think it's good news that we have is that while we have devices, both student devices and also uh, devices either in the classroom, uh, technology devices, we were able to work with one of our vendors with a buyback program. And as we uh, life cycle some of these um, technology devices, uh, we are realizing um, you know, a savings of $1 million uh, that we see that could be adjusted with our bottom line. Coupled with that, uh, we're also recommending increases with our aquatics fees. Uh, we have some excellent aquatics facilities and being able to maintain the services that we provide the community demanded us to look at making some fee adjustment at this point in time. And then finally, this is an example here of how we've utilized the one-time funds with our minor construction and major maintenance uh, to make an adjustment. I'm always very cautious about this and bring this out. While this is perhaps uh, a, a strategy uh, that we use occasionally, it does present um, in the out years the fact that we will be ex could experience a gap if we did not have uh, additional revenue or revenue in reserves uh, to be able to address that. And I think we found that our uh, MCMM program has been very successful in keeping our students or our schools, excuse me, up to date um, and high, highly functioning. We also had to make a number of reductions across the system. And again, this is where I think uh, the leadership team, our central office folks, our principals, all of us, we really came together uh, and looked at a variety of different ideas, uh, how we could roll those forward now and also for consideration in the future. And you'll see some of that uh, a little bit later here as part of the board's direction to me about how we look uh, forward and make sure that we have a sustainable future. So I'm gonna go through kind of each one of these um, subcategories and talk a little bit about what some of those changes are. We'll start with changes to the planning factors, which I know uh, the board has had some preliminary discussion on here in the fall. Uh, and the first was to look at our foreign language in the elementary school uh, program and make adjustments as far as uh, the amount of time that we have for that program and as a consequence that would make an adjustment with the staffing that we're providing schools uh, presently. Um, so I think this also touches uh, potentially uh, many of the other special areas, art, music, physical education, and also is planning time. We did not want to take a, a large step here recognizing there could be a ripple. So in um, working with our team here, we looked at how we could make that adjustment with the amount of time students have in that program uh, per week. Uh, and this will make some adjustments with the staffing that is provided to each of our elementary schools. We also looked at the Montessori program grades one through five. And I'm recommending that we align the staffing uh, or the planning factors aligned to all of our other elementary schools aligned to the, the Montessori program, which will bring a, an adjustment with uh, staffing assignments there uh, in that program. We talked very uh, long and hard also about class size recommendations um, uh, for class size increases. 
And so we've used those very uh, judiciously across um, some of our grade levels. I'm recommending a class size increase by one in grades four and five. At the middle school level, a 0.75. And at the high school, a 0.5. And then finally, with planning factor changes, looking at uh, clerical staffing at the high school level and making the adjustment there with that planning factor to reduce the, the number of clerical staff in our high schools. Uh, you know, looking at then uh, growth initiatives, uh, we talked very long and hard about where we were with psychologists and social workers. Uh, while uh, it is not my preference uh, to um, uh, eliminate this, uh, we've postponed this uh, as a possible uh, step that we would take this year and delay it to next year's budget if funding does not become available. Uh, there was extensive conversation about that. Uh, this is in light of the reality that we have hired an additional um, 24 positions the past two years. Uh, part of this also, uh, it's reflected here, 11 of those 14 positions uh, would have been dedicated to uh, psychs and social workers. The other three positions are academic support for our level five uh, English language students. When we move then to uh, the Department of Teaching and Learning and some of the changes uh, there uh, that I'm recommending, looking at library media assistant contract days and making a slight adjustments there. Also looking at clerical or administrative assistant support. Uh, we've talked uh, previous years about online uh, classroom facilitators for many of our virtual courses, and so we're making some changes there about how those courses are gonna be provided so there are several positions there that uh, we're going to eliminate. And then finally, the Department of uh, Teaching and Learning is aligning all of its core and co-curricular um, areas to have uh, similar staffing. Um, and so we're making some adjustments, um, some fine, you know, uh, rather small modifications there uh, within some of those particular curriculum areas. When we then look to um, the professional development, employee benefits, and other reductions, uh, some of the, the things that we're looking there is with employee benefits. Those are for um, non-standard benefits. Uh, we're not looking at many of the standard benefits that we provide our employees. Uh, these are fall out in some of the non-standard areas uh, that we're making those adjustments. So when we come back then and to reach my 636 revenue neutral budget. Uh, the initial revenue is $630.2 million. Uh, the recommendation that I had coming forward uh, beginning the budget process was initial expenditures at $646.6 million. Uh, there's a difference there of 16.5. Uh, you can see the, the lion's share of the additional revenue and use of reserves falls out into the um, uh, the MCMM or uh, at 6.5 and then we have the expenditures reductions and service changes at slightly over 10 million dollars to get us to a proposed bottom line of 636.7 million dollars. Um, looking forward as the board asked in its direction to me how do we ensure that we have a sustainable budget um, looking forward also with the reality that we're bringing on five new schools in the fall of 2019, which will be really part of next year, fiscal year 20's budget. 
And so these were some of the ideas that we've discussed here over the fall and into, into the winter as we continue to look at planning factors, as we look at transportation efficiencies, as we also look at how we are using uh, you know, um, uh, technology devices, uh, how we possibly could collaborate across departments with the counties, and then also a look at the various service models uh, that we have in place. So continued dialogue, as I shared with uh, many of the administrators that we met with this morning in my initial presentation, these conversations will really continue through this budget season, but really pick up momentum as we move into the spring and into the summer in preparing for next year's budget. We've got a budget calendar here that highlights uh, many of the work sessions and the watermarks that we have along the way. Uh, following this meeting, we have a work session uh, that will also be live streamed. Uh, next Tuesday, we have our first work session. Uh, I believe it begins at 5 o'clock with our employee groups. We then move into a work session at 6 around teaching and learning. Uh, there's the March 15th work session with um, the school board's advisory groups, and then the public gets a chance uh, to comment on my proposed budget on March the 22nd. School board takes action on its proposed budget on April the 5th. Uh, and then there's a public hearing on the school board's proposed budget, and then we're slated for adoption of the school board's budget uh, on May the 3rd. Uh, we'll continue to update this. Much of this information will live on Engage, so I'll uh, point folks to that as we uh, move through the budget season. And I just want to say thank you again to all of the parties and individuals that really played a, uh, an important role in this year's budget development. Uh, it is very much appreciated. Uh, this was not an easy budget uh, to arrive at, uh, and I think it just speaks well to uh, the conscientious nature that uh, everyone brought to the table uh, and the good thinking that we've been able to uh, arrive at at this point. What follows, or what I'm gonna introduce that follows here, is just a, a brief video uh, that gives you a little bit more background and thinking from some of our community members, from some of our school leaders, and also from our students, uh, who I think recognize and appreciate uh, what all of us do to enrich their lives, but also the support that the community uh, provides at large, and their really strong belief in public education, which I think is an important element, especially uh, in, our, uh, in our society today. So here we go. As we kick off the fiscal 2019 school year budget, I want to thank all those individuals that were involved. You'll hear from many of the different voices from our students and staff and many of our instructional leaders. I think in developing this year's budget, we wanted to maintain the core of our instructional program, and that's what occurs in the classroom. We also want to make sure that we continue to attract uh, high-quality folks to Arlington Public Schools. They are the lifeblood that makes us go. And we also need to think as we continue to grow, how do we develop and continue on the path of a sustainable future that provides a high-quality public education for all of our students. So let's hear from some of the voices that were involved in developing this year's budget. In building a budget, one of the focuses was to build one for a sustainable future. So the ask was not just to look at the current fiscal year, but to also project ahead knowing that the growth would continue to happen. So given our enrollment growth in APS, um, we really need creative thinking in order to balance our budget. And this year we came together as a collaborative team of school administrators, central office administrators, to try to identify what can we give up, where is there places that we can make changes 
changes that won't directly impact the classroom. We were able to um, uh, spend a lot of time with, the, with each of our individual groups, being very open and honest and protecting the uh, quality instructional programs that we all have in our elementary, middle, and high schools. The most important thing is to continue to provide an optimal learning experience for all students, regardless of the number that we have, maybe being asked to do things in different ways. We are right now in a good place and want to keep it going, uh, going on the right direction. The only way is to always think about the kids. Well, any teacher will tell you that their greatest reward is getting to work with their students. In order to recruit and retain the best teachers to an area in which an average house costs about $650,000 and childcare expenses hover around $1,500 a month per child, it's vital to offer a salary that's both competitive and adequate to cover cost of living in Northern Virginia. I really love all the like resources we were given, like the iPads in middle school and the MacBooks now because it has really helped us like have interactive learning and do so much more and it's easier to like contact your teachers and to turn in assignments and stuff like that. Uh, this county is a great place uh, to grow up, uh, to educate your children, but it takes collaboration from all parts from administration, from teachers, from students and parents coming together to do what's best for the students of Arlington. I feel very fortunate because we have such like great buildings and we have so much to offer like at these schools and the teachers are amazing. Without any of these resources, I wouldn't be a good student. Like I wouldn't be a super student. I just stayed to being an average student and not pushing myself forward and and if that wouldn't have if I didn't have those resources, I wouldn't have known that I can do better than what I think I can. There's always extra learning, not only in school, but outside of school, because this county provides you so much opportunities that can get you very successful in life. Every kid has the chance and the opportunity to be who they want to be, but only with the collaboration with the county and the schools. Excellent. Thank you very much, Dr. Murphy. We will now adjourn our meeting and um, start our work session, how about at 7.20 in the room next door. Um, folks at home, uh, you can find us streaming on our website. Thank you. <laughs>